Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Phil Drysdale Show. This episode, we have Kevin Garcia, and I am excited. So let's dive in. How are you doing? You know, I'm not going to lie. Today, is a, it's been good for a lot of reasons. And I'm also tired as hell because I had like a lot of like uh, mental health shit over the weekend. And so okay. like, uh, but I'm here and I'm, I'm ready. And I'm, you know, I prepared for Monday. So. Right. There you go. And this, That's and this it. Is the, and this is the last thing I, I'm doing today. So this is oh, a nice. great, way to, great way to end it. Likewise. I, I am excited about... Um, I just started watching today. So I've been on holiday for a week with my wife's family. Lovely. And I just got back last night on my own. My wife is left with her family for a week. <laughs> and to put it in context, her family, just her siblings and parents, 11 people in total with us. Um, it was a lot. Um, so I am like, week of podcasts... Mm -hmm. I'm like loving it, but I just started watching um, Humans on Netflix, which I missed a boat on this. It came out like years ago, but it's about um, AI. You know, basically they launch like robots that you can rent to like or buy, and like they basically mm. like clean your house and stuff like that, but gain sentience and all that kind of stuff. So that is my evening tonight. I'm like gonna binge the crap out of it, man. I'm excited. I'm so excited so. <laughs> for you. Yeah, but I I do have a fever right now as well. I come back with like it's, it's not too bad. I think it's like just a hard cold, but I'm like a baby. Listen, um, sometimes travel like the travel sickness. I always get a little when I come yeah. home from something. The cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> you know so if it's keep going on a travel right um yeah, so yeah, yeah so all that to say if i like at some point like glaze over and look like i'm not following i'm just like you know blanked out in a fever but uh no I'm worries good. mate Hot drink here i'm good i'm excited to have you on i'm really excited um yeah. i i've been kind of tracking with you for it feels like ages i have no also, do you need it do you need to record do you like how do you need to record now or do you know when you want to start recording? I'm good. I'm recording. Um, okay, good. I'm happy to start wherever. I'm. This is like no, one I of didn't the see. most informal you'll ever see. So No, this is perfect because I just didn't see that you were recording because I forgot one time to record and it was all to do. So I Dude, just wanted to make sure you were recording. That is literally my greatest fear. Uh, I, I haven't done it yet. Um, so, But it is my greatest fear. that I, I had one that the recording was so screwed up and it was... Oh man, it just oh, broke no. my heart because it was such an epic call as well. Uh, basically, mm. there was this um, couple that, are you familiar with Bethel Church? Big charismatic. Oh, of course couple. I am. So this um, queer couple come out of Bethel and write an open letter to them. And it was amazing. Um, and I was very involved with Bethel back in the year, like 12 mm. years ago or so. I, I was, I went through their school. I worked with them for a couple <gasps> of years. Very involved. Mm -hmm. yeah. <gasps> Ooh, and, okay. And was heavily involved in like, you know, helping out with their leadership development program, which is like thousands of different churches involved and helping right. them write their curriculum. And that was a whole nother thing, like trying to write their curriculum in a way that I saw things without getting myself kicked out and obviously <laughs> right. not having any influence at all. But anyway, I, I did like a three hour interview with them about that. We went like into great depth and got to the end and the, the video was just completely scrambled. There was just no video. The audio was breaking in and out. And I was like, I, I feel like such a jackass going, hey, could we just have a three hour conversation again whenever you're free? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. It is <laughs> what know, right? it is. Things what do you happen. Do? What can you do? So I'm excited to have you on, man. And I know that, well, sorry, I say man. I, I realized I did it. this. 
Are you good? Um, no, I, like I, I, I always tell people like they, them are my pronouns, but like I, I think terms of endearment like man or girl or sis or bro, mm-hmm. those all feel good to me because okay. I've been, I, I'm a brother to my brothers. I've been my whole life and uh, I'm a sister to my queer friends. So like, I don't give a fuck. Okay, <laughs> awesome, good. I'm glad because I am not. I just, I just mm. go, I just go. And then I'm like, oh crap. I have just said mm. something like wildly offensive and mm. not remotely thought. I'm just yeah. very thoughtless probably more than anything, I think so. Well, I, I think the I fact that myself. you, I think the fact <laughs> that you just caught yourself says that you actually are thoughtful and that it does matter to you. Mm. No, and I know if I, I know if I said, yeah, I would prefer not that. You would be like, yeah, perfect. Oh, and I'd go out of my way, but. Yeah, which is like, that is, <laughs> oh, of course. Like we all, we all will. That's and that's journey, the journey, right? Yeah, and that's the whole point is like, it's not to never mess up. It's mm. to apologize and try not to mess up next time. It's literally right. that simple. Yeah, you're, you're right. So awesome. <laughs> so you <laughs> nailed it. Really, you nailed it. There you go. There's a, a lesson in anyone that's watching, listening uh, right there. So <laughs> <laughs> I've been following you for quite a while and I, I'm trying to figure out how I started following. You. I can't figure out you probably just someone shared one of your things or put something across um, recently, but I, I was listening to some dirty rotten church kids recently and mm. you came back on my radar and I just love the chat with them. I've had them on my podcast as well. They are so great. So great. Two of my favorite people. Mm. And I've had so many people ask me, you have to have Kevin Garcia come on your show and it just triggered at something. And so here we are. Um, but I'm kind of at a loss because I have a thousand different directions i want to go i want to pick your brain like crazy uh, because you are you are a uh you are a person of many many talents in oh, a whole you. host of different ways uh you know just even thinking how do i introduce kevin i'm like you do a lot of things you are an online pastor you are a queer theologian you're a witch you're a tarot card reader you're mm. um uh, i remember you saying you're a diversity consultant on a uh, <laughs> sure. like church kids you know you you got a lot going on you are juggling like you know um and so h- how do you um uh, you know, why don't, instead of me trying to somehow create some sort of bio for you in that mix, mm-hmm. why don't you introduce yourself just really briefly to, mm-hmm. uh, or as long as you want, I don't really care, sure. uh, to people that haven't come across you, don't know who uh, Kevin Garcia is, mm-hmm. who are you and what are you about? Uh, my name is Kevin Miguel Garcia. I'm an accountant. That's is that it. another one just, in the mix? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You're I'm like not psychic on the side. You're just doing some accounts. Oh, no. Listen, <laughs> I actually, I, this is the year I have to hire an accountant because, like, I'm making so much money. I'm there you kidding. go. You made it. <laughs> no, I will say just, like, I, um, I built a business for myself. And so now I'm like, oh, my God, like, uh, I've done a really good job. I've done a really good job so far of keeping track of, like, expenses and, like, how everything's panned out, like, like COVID hit and then put all of the plans that I had for this business on hold. And now they're starting to like come back into full swing, which is like right in line with what my astrologer said. But let's get into that later. Um, my name is Kevin. Um, I, I like the pronouns they, them, but I always tell people I'll be your brother or your good Judy, whatever you need from me. And good Judy is a term for uh, your best, one of your best girlfriends or best gay friends or best queer friends. Good Judy. It's referring to Judy Garland. Mm. Um, so, okay. because like back in the day when you couldn't be openly gay, they were like, are you a friend of Dorothy's? And so, nice. Okay. So my good Judy. Get it? 
anyways, uh, what do I do? I am a, uh, I call myself a digital pastor because um, that's a title that someone else gave me. And what that basically means is uh, the people that I help resource and the people that I try to be there for are folks on the internet. And what I think pastoral care looks like now um, in some ways comes down to creating opportunities for folks to uh, come in, come into the same space and the same contact with one another. And I think the other part of it is uh, being like, being a witness or at least being an example of like, this is what your spiritual life could look like if you wanted to, like this is like, <clears throat> it's like, it's kind of, uh, one of my friends put it this way. It's like, you give people the opportunity to go second. Mm -hmm. So in some ways, I think that being a pastor, especially like, I, I look at people who I consider to be my pastors, like Nadia Boltzweber, one of my pastors and like figures that I look up to. And she's, uh, something she told me, she's like, being a pastor is just willing to like, the willingness to fail in public and be honest mm. about it. And that's beautiful. I, I think that's where I've, I've landed with it. It's like, yeah. Um, I'm not, as Brene Brown put it, I'm not here to be right, I'm here to get it right. And I think getting it right looks like, uh, for me, uh, I wanna create spaces for queer people to find authentic connections to their divine, like to God, to love, to whatever mm. language you wanna put on it. And I'm here to, uh, a way that uh, Megan Watterson put it is like, I think there's a whole Christianity we haven't tried yet. Maybe okay, I like that. I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't even personally. I don't want to call it Christianity. It's like bad <laughs> word association. I want to call it anything but that. But just like it, the language is the problem. Words yeah, yeah, are yeah. problems in it, general. It but is anyways. right. Uh, so I do that. Uh, I'm a. I call myself an intuitive soul coach, and what that basically means is I work with people on kind of undoing all of like the shitty things that you say you tell yourself. Like if you have like a fear, a phobia, if you have a, uh, if you need to come out to your family, if you need to like reconstruct some sort of like spiritual practice, that's what I help people do. I've been doing awesome. it for over a year now. Um, and I fucking love it. It is the greatest work ever. And it's not because uh, it's cool. It's because like I get to work with some of the most passionate individuals who are, mm ready to get over like all of the damage that we incurred like yeah people who are ready to heal that's who i like working with and i think everyone is kind of ready to heal if we'll admit it um and uh i also got a degree in music education and i love singing i love uh -huh. singing old hymns uh -huh. i um I've, I've heard quite a few of your hymns on instagram i gotta i gotta be honest man uh, I, again, there you go. Uh, I, I'm drawn in. You have such a, <laughs> an amazing voice. And yeah, I gotta be honest that it triggers the hell out of me at the oh, same time. It's like I this yin yang it. dynamic of like, oh, that's beautiful. And then I'm like, oh, why is he saying that word though? <laughs> right? Again, mm -hmm. language, what we associate yeah. with that, right? And that's the thing that I, always, I tell people is just like, for me, it's like the link, I have to remember like, what's the thing behind the thing? Like, mm -hmm. it's just like, uh, something of course in miracles would say is like, I can only see the past when I look at this object. And so yeah. when I look and people see Jesus, it's like, I can only see my experience of what someone else said was Jesus. Yeah. So 
when I look at that, if I know something is different, like for me, it's just like, I had a weird spiritual experience when I was nine years old. And when I met Jesus, quote unquote, I don't know how to qualify it <laughs> in any it's way. All good. <laughs> I just always say, I met Jesus at nine years old in the woods and it was the greatest experience of my life and I just kept chasing it. And that's kind of how I ended up here. Um, uh, but uh, what was I saying before? Oh, people have like these triggering experiences because like they hear the word Jesus and the, the thing that comes up in them is danger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the body has learned Jesus demands too much of me. Mm-hmm. Jesus wants too much of me and I can't give Jesus that because if I do like I'll die yeah and so it's it's like a real for me like I had to like gotta remember like Jesus was always pointing beyond himself it's mm-hmm. just like so the fact that they made Jesus an idol proves to me that like that's not the point like like yeah. what I am afraid of is an illusion I'm afraid of a false god mm. and so once I recognize that what what I like my fearful thoughts I put that on Jesus even I was programmed to yeah. You know, I was programmed to think that this was the way it was. And I was also programmed to think that you had to choose between your sexuality and your faith. That always, that's a big binary people have to break up too. But all that to say is um, it, it takes a, a little bit of work to, to undo those triggering words. But I think it can yeah. be so freeing because when I re- like for me, I fucking love in whatever way I can metaphysically love Jesus. Um, because it's not, it's not even like, like, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, I'm going to sound like a fucking crazy person right now. I know it's just like, okay. full, this is the podcast to do it. If you're going to sound like a crazy person, come do it like this. Perfect. <laughs> it's like, I fully actually believe that Jesus Christ, the person, personality, the spirit of Christ is still with us because it says that he appeared to 500 individuals, mm. which means not all 500 of those individuals just grouped up and formed the first mega church. 500 people. And then, because like what happened from there is that there's all these like early Christianities that got snuffed out by the empire in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if I am to believe that Christ is still appearing to us and has been, you know, throughout the lives of the saints that we can see, and then also through the lives of like all these other beautiful world religions, but within the Christian tradition, if I am to like, why, are, why do we believe that Jesus stopped appearing to people? Mm. Because funny enough, I've got some weird Jesus appearing to me experiences that I think I feel, I feel crazy when I talk about them. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I don't need people to believe the validity of that experience. I, like, the experience is not what I actually desire. I desire transformation and union. Mm. And so that was... <sighs> A rabbit trail. No, that's really interesting. Because so, um, what I do is I work with people that are deconstructing their faith, mm-hmm. with the view to maybe reconstructing something. Who knows or whatever. I don't really care as long as people are moving in a healthy direction for them. Oh yeah. Um, and one of the things I find fascinating is a lot of people will navigate through at some point in the journey a season of agnosticism, often atheism, and often end there, and that's okay but often come through at the other end and rebuild something of some form of spirituality, often with the language of Christianity. 
Um, but one of the things I found really fascinating is in my experience, it's groups of people. Now I'm working on um, research as well with some research companies on, on researching the deconstruction kind of group. Um, but in my anecdotal experience, not with the, the research yet, um, it's people that have more of a kind of charismatic Pentecostal, these very experiential um, realities. They tend to kind of sidestep or like just like, run right through that kind of season of atheism like there seems to be this this component of an experience of jesus that 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 doesn't allow them to let go right so even though christianity makes me go or god and i'm like ah oh, what is god i can't let go because i've had some point of experience that mm-hmm. maybe um people that are in more if a uh, charismatics we call it like a dead faith or just like you know mm-hmm. like nominal or whatever that I think most other faiths that are labeled that are probably very real and, and, and living for a lot of people. But um, people that are in those maybe more liturgical or whatever they might be, mm-hmm. um, tends to not have that luxury in that way. Would you say that's mm-hmm. a fair component of what you're talking about when you're talking about you having experienced something? Yes. I think that you are... But I'll also say, like, for my background, I grew up Southern Evangelical, so okay. I think that my personal experience was pretty atypical for the people around me. Mm. Um, I was always drawn to super expressive worship. I was always drawn to, like, spiritual things, especially, like, within Christianity. I was like, I want to know about gifts of prophecy. I want to know about gifts of the Spirit. I was always hungry for shit like that. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, and so imagine like how lovely it was to like be accidentally roped into Pentecostalism when I was in college and deeply seeking purpose again, especially as like someone struggling with sexuality. Um, Course in Miracles has a line from the workbook that says, no, it's from, sorry, it's the manual for teachers. It's in the introduction and it says, a universal theology is impossible, but a universal experience is not only possible, necessary Hmm. and so what I think of as like the universal experience quote-unquote I think it's like a universal experience of like what does it feel like to be loved in a whole and just to like recognize that I might be suffering but it's not the only thing going on yeah and I think really like religion and practices all at their base uh if peace personal peace is not the end goal. I don't really know what the point is, to be honest, because while I think that like, yes, I want to like live a life that is altruistic and like is helping the world because I understand that through loving and helping the world, I am loving and helping myself. But really like the whole goal, like I would say like uh, what the course says, the teacher of God is generous out of self-interest because he gives away only that which he could never lose. Hmm. And so for me, it's just like, I'm getting away from your question. Let me get back to it real quick. No, no, this is bunny, like rabbit trails are welcome. So <laughs> we'll come back to this point. But to go back to the original question about the phenomenon of folks coming out of Pentecostalism and just kind of like, I think there is something to be said about Pentecostalism and the type of worship that that engages. And this is also like me after reading a lot of like magical texts and like, re- like learning about how breath right. works and neurobiology. So, for example, singing, humming, um, actually on the physiological level activates the vagus nerve. And uh, this is part of polyvagal theory. 
And when you hum, activating the vagus nerve, what you're doing is slowing down your breath and controlling its output, which actually slows down your diaphragm. When your diaphragm slows down, it sends the signal to the heart, slow down. We don't need as much blood pumping this oxygen. It sends it to the brain saying, stop producing this hormone because we don't need it. Hmm. So singing actually physically creates a feeling of vulnerability by telling the body it's safe to calm, so you can calm down. That's just a physiological fact. Wow. Couple that with uh, a charismatic experience where, where like the majority of like a lot of, cause like I, lo- I fucking love worship music. I'm not gonna lie. It does it for me because I grew up in that world. So sure. Um, so here's uh, another thing. So like, you know, like when people cry, when they, when they hear something or something in music, this is my theory is that like, I mean, they, 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 like you can map out what happens in the brain, like when someone listens to music or even what happens when I'm giving a speech just by itself acapella versus having the backing with the pads and the magical guitar to really give like- Yeah, get that, that the juices kind of flowing. Mm-hmm. And I personally think, uh, I think music is magic. Mm. Because what it does is it, it taps your heart, your heart strings. It gets past your conscious level of defense into something that's on your soul. Music, poetry, art, that is what speaks to the soul. And that is the level that people are trying to get to, right? We're trying to have an experience of the soul. And so within Pentecostalism, what is celebrated and honored is the, your authenticity of laying it before God and letting God see all of you. And so I think queer people can survive in spaces like that because not only is it okay for like, there's no, like they do, even though there's a ton of misogyny and sexism still, mm-hmm. there's a, I think there's, as far as like gender is concerned, there's a little bit of wiggle room there as far as like, uh, sure. I mean, they wouldn't be down with me like wearing lipstick or something like that, but just like the fact that I'm a little more femme and a little yeah, bit there's more- There's a lot more femininity within those kind of movements for sure. Yeah. yeah. And there's yeah. been studies on that of, of um, uh, the, the, males within uh, charismatic and Pentecostal, but actually within Christianity as a whole skew much more feminine than males within society as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember the specific study, but I, I remember reading about this. My friend who was into, um, uh, he, he did a whole uh, master's degree in sexuality and gender. And he sent me this article at some point and was like, look at this, this is fascinating. And I was like, kind of makes sense, right? We're constantly telling uh, men and women to go, we'll spend loads of time getting tapped into your emotions, read your Bible, like spend this quiet time processing, sing, be vulnerable, like you're talking about, right? Open yourself up, um, be expressive and all these different things. Like that makes sense. That it, would, it would skew things a little bit more yeah. Uh, feminine. Um, yeah, that's, that's fascinating. Sorry, yeah. I didn't interrupt you. I just, it's fascinating. No, no, no. <laughs> and, I think, and I think that's a, a good point to make is that like, I think that one pathway you know, there's certain, some theologians that said Christ was, or Jesus specifically was uh, a male body with a feminine soul. Mm. And I'm like, ooh, that's how I feel. That's like the level of non-binary I feel. And yeah. I love that. So it's just like, it makes sense to me that like what the church has lacked for so long uh, has been the divine feminine, is that feeling of, of safety, of love, of compassion, because like it's mm. been... I think the problem with, uh, not the problem, but one of the things that happened during the Protestant Reformation is like, we got to get rid of mystery. We got to get rid of the things yep. that don't we do. And so it kind of like, 
we swung hard into the direction of authoritarian in a different kind of way mm -hmm. to be sure that we're not like those people. So I think Pentecostalism like really did spring out of like a Holy Ghost moment of someone having an authentic experience of the spirit. Like what else? What, why else do people like, why did John Wesley go off and start the Methodist church? Because the spirit was moving him. Why did anybody start this shit? And so uh, for Pentecostals who have this really, they, we get a taste of the soul. We get a taste of this universal experience because we were doing these like really intuitive practices, singing, moving our bodies, letting emotions flow. The This, so this is me and my theory, is um, within uh, certain practices of witchcraft, we talk about building the container or drawing the circle or whatever to contain okay. whatever the magic is or whatever the thing we're trying to do. And then at the end of it, we send, we, we ground ourselves, we send the energy out and then we close the container so that like, you know, we can move back into a regular space. What worship kind of does, and I think for a lot of people, they build a container they, they build it up. And like when you're focusing on something like spirit or love or the person of Jesus and everyone else around you is having these experiences, whether it is a spiritual thing or just like a cognitive thing that I'm picking up by watching other people have an experience, whatever it is, it doesn't really matter because on a, on a subconscious, this is all happening subconsciously. You know, you don't even realize like you're getting pulled into this thing because that's how magic works. <laughs> Um, but uh, a worship leader builds this powerful thing. We build it up. And then if you're somebody who struggles with shame and you're unable to like really like process that because everyone else around you is just, oh, I love Jesus. And you're over here, over here saying like, oh my God, like I'm gay. Mm. I, can't, I can't bring that before God. That's dirty. That's a sin. God, help yeah. me. God, help me. God, why won't you heal me? And so there's people who have all these different shame points or things that they can't talk about because sexuality and body and gender are still too taboo yeah. within churches. Um, we come out on the other side of that, crying our eyes out and they say, all right, everyone, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Sunday. And we're over here sobbing and we can't tell anybody. Oh. Like we're here at the core, like begging, like knowing that God can see us, knowing that there is a universal love out there, but just like, I feel like I'm going to still go to hell, even though I know about that universal love. Yeah, And so I think for me and for many people who uh, move from charismatic beliefs into um, just kind of like, I say we, we, a lot of us become, are like getting into craft and like we're mm. getting into like new age religion and uh, crystals, magic, astrology, yeah. et cetera, because it's like, we all kind of see it from like the same, it's like, ah, it's just all the voice of God in different forms. And I think mm. also like we're able to hold on to like, the idea or person of Jesus because we differentiate the person of Jesus from the church that was built in his name. Yeah. That, so this fascinates me. So I've had a lot of guests on my show, but you're probably actually, you're not, I've had, I think I've had a couple of um, folks that are into witchcraft, but we've never kind of gone down that rabbit hole, but um, it's something that I, I follow a few people here and there. You okay? Yeah. I just, I just cracked my knee. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> you're fine. So gosh, what's happened? <laughs> um, I, I follow quite a few accounts on Instagram that are, you know, 
Wicca, whatever. Mm. And and I have to confess, it's like, it's just straight over my head. I really, I try and kind of like go, okay, mm. cool. Yeah. And I follow a couple of shamans and, and I'm like, this is really, it fascinates me, but I just don't, it doesn't click. Um, so like, talk to me about it. Cause, cause it sounds like there's a whole kind of uh, movement that it just, it clicks for. And so mm-hmm. can you talk about why that clicks, how it clicks, how it kind yeah. of taps into maybe some of that, the, the tradition that you're coming out of without bringing the kind of the shit from the tradition yeah um, I mean, maybe it brings some shit i don't know but yeah can, can you talk so, to me about that yeah so uh i'll tell you first like how i realized that i was a witch and like first got okay with saying it was <laughs> i'm in seminary and it's the full moon in scorpio and i am out there in the field with my blanket and my candles and my crystal skulls and like you know pulling tarot cards and meditating and like doing the thing and then it just like clicked with me I was like oh, I'm a witch and I was like because Kevin you're doing witchcraft who does witchcraft witches do witchcraft you're a witch and it was like it got I got really really scared because I was like oh my god wait a second does this mean I have to leave the church does this mean I, ha- I can't be a Christian anymore like am I not a yeah. Christian if I did so I just I kind of like freaked out a little bit and then I love that you're at this point you're you're already like you know you got your tarot cards you do all this stuff and it's yeah. only now that you're like oh no crap I'm a witch mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah because yeah, you know it was it was always just like a little curious thing and like for me I always just kind of like it was like oh yeah this is like the same holy spirit I know from like my Pentecostal days which is mm. another story for another time well not I guess it's a story for right now actually but I realized this and I started like kind of getting in more into it. And I asked just around like, where do I start reading? And so that started getting me into reading about folk magic. Uh, I started reading like Starhawk, which Starhawk is like old ass witch. She's been around forever. She's still alive too. But like, I would call her a witch theologian okay. because the way that she talks about it is both practical and also perfectly like esoteric, like how this maps out onto your real life. Mm. And the thing about uh, being a witch is that mm, I think that we would say this, like there's no, there's no right or wrong way to be a Christian. I would say actually there is a wrong way to be a Christian. Uh, it's like any time that you're voting for a tyrant and like supporting like the destruction of the earth and humanity, that's like the wrong way to, that's just the wrong way to be human. Yeah. Uh, you mean um, the times where we elevate someone that is the antithesis of antichrist, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. that might be not the most Christ-like thing to do. (laughs) Yes, that's not the most christ I'm not going to say that you're not Christians or that you're bad Christians. I just think it's just not very (laughs) Christ-like. Oh, God. So um, same thing with, like, witchcraft. It's just, like, I think, like, the best piece of advice I got was from uh, a hoodoo practitioner um, named Queen Co Meadows. She lives in Mobile. And... She has always just said, like, you need to go find your roots. You need to find out where your people are from. You need to figure mm-hmm. out what they were doing because that's what's going to, that's probably like where you're most going to resonate. And she was right. So for me, getting into uh, Brujaria, which is uh, Mexican folk magic, the kind of stuff that's lived around like South Texas borderland area. And the thing about being a, bru- uh, a brujo or a bruje, which is like with an E rather than an X. Uh, depending on who you talk to about like how to refer to gender neutral folks or gender non-binary folks. Uh, The thing about studying that it it really was like, these are like, 
it's like the practices like within a craft or any sort of tradition are literally meant to point you beyond the thing itself much mm -hmm. like any sort of ritual within christianity the bread and the cup is not important unless you understand what the bread and the cup represents um that's why it's powerful it's not because it's good bread and good wines because it's it tr it's trying to teach you something in the spiritual you're we're trying to do something with a physical prop because we're not good at remembering it intuitively or just right. our body gets or we get distracted by the world so we need a physical reminder so like this crystal in my hand for example whoops uh -oh. this crystal in my hand for example <laughs> this is citrine citrine is a rock that said to, that's supposed to help um help you get more money you know unlock your blocks to your wealth um yeah. that's why you need the accountant man fucking rocking fucking. some citrine <laughs> how do you yes. get me one of those <laughs> yeah wear it around your neck and see how it comes in mama um but like i don't actually fucking know if this rock does anything this could just be a very pretty crystal that the earth made mm -hmm. and i love that and so then i like break it down to two things like a if it's actually doing anything amazing love that two if it's not actually vibrating as people would say i was just like this is a reminder to me that i'm worthy of i'm worthy of of being paid mm -hmm. for my work yeah i'm worthy of like the things that I get paid, like I, I'm worthy of the things I get paid to do. Yep. And I don't need to have any shame yeah. around that. And also it's okay to ask for it because the more resource I have, the more I have to give away. Yep. And that is a pretty fucking dope reminder. Yeah, so at seriously. minimum, if that's all that is. Yeah. Do like uh, I, I have like affirmations that would probably say the same sort of thing, right? It's mm -hmm. okay if, if people give you money, that's a good thing. You don't have to feel like guilty about it mm -hmm. or awkward or whatever. I'd much rather crystal than like a sentence, right? That was way cooler. Yeah. And it's also, and it's also like for me, just like, I love having like, so like this will just be in my pocket. And so when I feel it there, it's just like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's just a really quick reminder. Yeah, and also shifting the focus, shifting the attention, yeah. reminding. Yeah. And let me tell you what, like I've been trying, like I was, I've been in the process of like get, buying a house. Guess who uh, got their offer accepted today? Congratulations. That's awesome. I'm so proud of myself. But That's also, amazing. it's just like, I'm not going to lie, I did a lot of ritual magic around this fucking house. <laughs> um, so all that to say, how does it map on to, or like, how does it come out of, like, how does it work with Christianity, I guess, or just like the idea of Christ is like, hmm. uh, Chris, I mean, uh, uh, we have to understand, like Richard Ward tells us, that we can only speak of God in metaphor anyway. Yeah. And so I'm already somebody who is not afraid of hell because I don't think hell exists. And so if I'm not afraid of hell and I wanna experience more God or more love or more peace or whatever the fuck it is that I want, why won't, why shouldn't I do those things? Mm. And so for me, that's what like, uh, you know, these ritual magical practices are for me is because when I am intentionally taking time to slow down and think about what's going on in my life. What am I, and because like, like the thing about like magical work is like, it's not even about like, I want to attract love or fortune or something into my life. It is a way for me to self-reflect on such a deep level mm. and allow spirit to move in me in a way that I can let so much shit go. Yeah. You know, the smell of lavender 
like just a little bit of essential oils in my hand and a prayer, that to me takes me out of a panic attack. That's whether that's like mental cues or it's magic, it doesn't matter. It could be the same thing. Yeah. Because for me, like I do these practices because they help me. Mm. And at the end of the day, I don't give a fuck what anybody else thinks if you don't think it's real or not. Yeah. All I got to say is just like, anything I ask for in Jesus' name, I have received. Mm. And so what if I did it with some candles and some salt? <laughs> yeah. Because at the so, same time, so, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I, 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 was, I was just thinking like, it's really, it's learning a new language with mm -hmm. which to express new metaphors right it's same same thing that we're trying to describe same thing we're trying to engage with to mm -hmm. uh explore but going god english just isn't enough i need to learn german and russian mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. every other you know it's it's, yeah. it's why we speak poetry of love in a hundred languages and it's still not yes. enough right um mm -hmm. and, and and that's what i'm hearing you kind of say is, is this is a, a another exciting mm -hmm. fresh way for you to explore Mm -hmm. the same thing in a new way or, or I, I don't know if that's quite but that, that's how I, that's how I mm -hmm. am understanding what you're saying I don't know if yeah. that's fair no I think that resonates quite well it's it's like and the best part is it's realizing that this shit has been around for centuries yeah that people have been asking the same question coming up with the same problem and trying things and that's, I think, like, uh, my, de my degree is in practical theology. And so practical theology is constantly asking, what is the outcome? You know, it's, like, it's almost just like the, the scientific method for faith. Yeah. It's really just like performance and critique. How does this theology, uh, what does it look like lived out in the body? So if like, yeah. we have a theology of exclusion, what is for queer people, what does that do in the body? If we have a, 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 a theology that men are... Uh, men are what is it, like what did what did the complementarian say? It's like equal in equal in value, different in role or something, or specific yeah. in role, some shit like that. But it's um, it's uh, it's it's yeah, kind of like you said, it's it's new language. And I think the other part of it is it's like what I think all these like kind of new age practices, like tarot or just like mm. people exploring witchcraft in general it's because it taps into that physical aspect of, of, of worship or, or connection with the divine. Yeah. It taps in, cause like for me, like, you know, the smell of lavender, A, very soothing. And also like, when I think about like, ah, God created something on this planet and I am now benefiting from its sweet smell that's calming me down. It's causing me to go, ah. Mm. it's just like it's just like wow it, it causes me to like my my practice causes me to look at the world with wonder again yeah. and i think the other part of it is like some people would look at like a ritual circle that we're doing with people and like where we're chanting or moving and it's like the same thing in like pentecostal worship right people dancing around they look like fools look like children mm -hmm. the thing about it is the child aspect of us is typically the one that is the most wounded and mm. therefore, that is what needs the most attention. And also, if we come at all of this with our logical adult ego minds, of course it all looks stupid. Of course it's just a rock. Of course it's just a bunch of things you're saying back to back to back to back. Sure. Your ego's not the one in charge, though. 
And so it's just like, and also your ego doesn't need to be healing. Your ego needs to shut up. Yeah. And so the thing is like, you know, and Jesus said it, like, you got to become like a kid. You got to look at the world through like these very simple terms, bread and wine. Yeah. That's, I mean, as a child, everything is magical, right? I mean, like you have no idea what the hell is going on for the best part, right? (laughs) You just kind of, everything is like, wow, how does that work? Whoa. And you'll take anyone's answer as this kind of fact as well, right? So you ask mom, like, why is the sky blue? And they're like, oh, because God painted it with a crown. And you're like, wow. Like, you know, it's, it's this, it's um, this amazing posture to the world, you know, that you can go, oh, a crystal. And one person goes, yeah. A crystal and you're like no magic you know it's like money mm-hmm. or, you know or, or uh you know some sort of force that draws money towards it or whatever mm-hmm. right um it's it's such a different approach that um even if it's not right mm-hmm. the benefits of it and the positivity mm-hmm. do you know what i mean there's something yeah. about actually whether it's right right what mm-hmm. is right what is yeah you know, and that, that's the operative word it's like it's like uh Cause like really we're asking like, you know, is it true? Does it right. really work? And I'm just like, um, I always tell people this. I'm just like, I can't tell you that it really works. And I can't tell you that causation equal or, or like uh, correlation equals causation. But what I will tell you is on the spring equinox of this year, I put a spell jar together and asked for everything that I wanted to happen before the fall equinox. And the last thing on that list was a house. And guess what? Here we are. And I'm not here to say that like, it was like, oh, the magic just worked, but also like the magic worked. Mm. And so, so it's one of two things can happen. So we can look at this one way. One, I have that, that jar in a place that's visible to me. Yeah. I know what it represents. I know what it is. And so even if like, it is just merely a physical reminder of like the goals that I want to work toward and the, the, the grit or like the, just constantly remind me to like, what are we, what do you want right now? What are you working for? Yeah. What if you, what is your heart's desire? It, you know, it's the same thing like with like law of attraction bullshit. It's like at minimum, if you are constantly thinking about something, you're going to move towards it because yeah. you keep telling, like, and it's the same thing with like people like the secret of just like, <laughs> this is going to sound so dumb, but actually brilliant. It's something that a drag queen said. Uh, it's just like law of it. Like, you know, like the secret is just like, you keep saying shit out loud long enough. Eventually someone's going to get annoyed enough and just give it to you. So you'll shut up. <laughs> and I don't think it's like that like it could be that simple and sometimes it is but it's like I'm asking I'm not afraid to ask for what I want yeah and that I think is like a kind of magic in and of itself like yeah the yes. power like the power of just and that's like where I think like once we all tap into that there is a good chance that we can get a lot more work done because like this work requires honesty mm. And like, and here's, and here's the deal. I'm not here to say that like, I'm God's favorite or anything like that. I will say like, I recognize that like, I pass as male, I pass as white. Um, I've had the support of my family for a long time and that's helped me do a lot of things. And also uh, I'm a queer Christian working in a field dominated by people who think I shouldn't exist. And so I've, I won't lie, I've also worked my ass off for what I've gotten, so. Uh, you know, whether it's magic, whether it's God, whether it's my own hard work, maybe it's all three. Mm -hmm. I'd imagine it's hard not to uh, imagine that, uh, doubling imagine, it's all all in there, right? It's got to be, you know, I think Mm -hmm. 
I'm always amazed. I've been like um, on the side reading a few like quantum mechanics books, which by the way, I'm not mm-hmm. smart enough to read quantum mechanics books. Neither am I. I really want to get into it, but I'm like, what is happening there? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, just look at this e- equation. I'm like, why is there an equation in this book? This is a beginner's book. You know, it's like, this shouldn't be in the book. Um, but there's there's stuff in there that you're just like, oh, these particles go every direction at all times. And they're everywhere at once, except when you look at them over there, they're only there. What? You know, and stuff, and it's, mm-hmm. look at this stuff and you go, this is magical. Like, and, and ultimately what is magic? It's just what we don't understand, right? Yeah. And the end of the day. And so it's like, it's like limit tapping. things, right? So quantum mechanics is not magical, but it's, it's magical, right? You talk to any, like, um, mm-hmm. like any scientists or, you know, like anyone mm-hmm. in that field goes, if you understand quantum mechanics, you don't understand quantum mechanics. You've not studied it enough, right? And you can probably say that in most fields, but mm-hmm. quantum mechanics to a whole nother level. Right. Um, but it's this thing of like, we go, oh yeah, no, I understand uh, a crystal or a rock or a, mm-hmm. a circle of salt, or I, I don't know how it works. <laughs> I'm throwing out some uh, tropes right there. Yeah, um, you're fine. But we go, oh, I'm, it's, just, ah, it's just a rock. It's just this, it's just a cart. Mm-hmm. Actually, life is showing us the digger, the more we dig into this, Mm-hmm. It's not just anything ever, mm-hmm. right? You know, yeah. oh, it's just a sugar pill that we gave to people. And yet, actually, 30% got better when we gave them the sugar pill because they hit mm-hmm. the placebo effect, right? And it's yes. like, I guess it's kind of magical. Like because, on some level, that's magic. Mm-hmm. Because your, uh, something Course in Miracles says is that uh, there are no idle thoughts because what give, gives rise to a world can hardly be called idle. And so uh, something I've been going, like uh, people who like do the positive thinking thing will go into this. It's just like, really just like your thoughts are really creating your world. Um, Like, so for, again, like if I'm looking at something and I can only see the past when I look at that object, then of course I'm going to see a fearful thing, you know? Or if I, uh, this uh, this is a thing I'm learning. If I'm looking at every single, you know, white cis het dude as if he's the problem. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's, they are not the problem. There's a system that's the problem. You need to like be able to differentiate between the two if you're gonna have kindness for people. Kevin, just talking to myself. Um, but that's really, um, that's it. It's like, it's, it's like how, like, I think the question that I think a lot of people in our position are starting to ask is, is it useful? Mm. And also just like with quantum mechanics, with all the things that we're learning about the nature of the universe and how much we don't know about the universe, I think there's a, a good principle I picked up from uh, my early days of theology is like new information leads, can lead to new, uh, new, a new observation or new information leads to new conclusions. And that just feels like a really good way of looking at things, of always holding with an open hand of like, I could be wrong. I don't think I'm wrong. Um, I also, it's just like being right is not the end goal. Peace. That's the end goal. And that's the other, that's the other big thing I point to with people is like, whenever you're creating a practice or wanting to hold on to a practice, I always ask like, does it help you feel peace? 
Do you feel more grounded? Do you feel happier as a result? That's really the the beginning and end of it for me is like, and also recognize that like some, you know, you might have a practice that you keep for a while and it might evolve and change. For many of us, it was the practice was Sunday morning or Wednesday night or whenever I'm going to worship. That's my ritual. I go do group ritual and there's something powerful about that. And then we outgrew it. And now we're at a season of life where I think a lot of us are very, very curious about what is it to connect with that feeling of love or that feeling of divine union. Uh, And how do I feel the peace that passeth all understanding in all aspects of my life? Um, Which is where I think like I, I land. It's like, I'm, I'm, I feel like there's a, I'm in a big spiritually experimental phase about like language and practice and metaphor and, you know, learn, like, especially like the role of what like interfaith work can do for our understanding of the divine, mm. like reading books from other, like uh, I'm reading through the Katabi Akhtas, which is uh, the Baha'i, one of the Baha'i holy books. Right. Bahu'Allah knew what the fuck he was talking about. Dude, I have never met a Baha'i that I've not gone, whoa, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm sure there's plenty of like, asshole Baha'i I'm sure right I mean I don't know there's one there's one right but like but they got it down like I'm like dang but it's because their whole principle is our faith will evolve our our faith is ever-changing and growing and I'm like well there's a concept that like why didn't people think of that earlier right rather than going our faith has finally arrived and we will whatever we do fight tooth and nail to go back to that moment and fight any kind of human evolution that brings us forward. <laughs> like, that's not going to go wrong at all. Yeah. Uh, it's just astonishing. Sorry. Anyway, keep going. No. And also, on that note, I dated a wonderful Baha'i guy for a while, and everybody thought that he was bisexual, but I was like, no, he's definitely gay, but he's Baha'i. Because they thought I was saying, because <laughs> they thought I was saying, like, that's so amazing. I love it. Bye, but like with like a weird aspirate H in there because I'm a gay. Hi. He's Baha'i, you guys. He's not gay. He's Baha'i. No, he was a gay Baha'i. Anyways. That's so funny. That's, uh, that's but, like custom. You could have, that feels like a made up story. That's so good. I cannot <laughs> wait till I can. So like one of my goals, I want to try stand up. Uh, yes. In, in like 2021. That's one of like my, my bits that I'm working on. I love uh, it. I love and it. And I also, I was like this close. We went to one of the high holy days at uh, the community center with him. I tell you what, I was this close to converting. I was like, I'm ready for this. Like, let's do it. I'm ready to like, bye. Bye, church. The way they do leadership. And I mean, it's just, it's fascinating. It just makes so much sense. The way they Uh, do leadership and also like them and also AA. The mm. way AA, like uh, if you've ever been to an AA meeting, something to say at the very beginning is like, I think it's two things. They have decentralized leadership and two, they don't have any money in it. Yeah. Or like as far as a centralized money component is concerned. So like, uh, like they say, like, we do not accept donations from any sort of group because like uh, any sort of like donations come from members of the group. Mm-hmm. And then, or like the church is donating space for them. And the second thing that they are really big, or the first big thing, they're like, our whole goal here is to help people get and stay sober. Yeah. And that's all we care about. And this is how we do it. And I think what's I find interesting, and I'm I'm 
kind of interested, this is the question I'm exploring right now, is like, what if our whole goal in our spiritual lives was to like, how do we, how do we keep letting go? How do we heal? What if we were like central, like what if we were so single-minded, like our only goal here is to heal from our trauma. Our only goal, goal here is to love our community well. So it's just like, like what if our only goal here was take care of each other? Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, I look at my church and I'm like, that's literally our only goal. Yeah. Take care of each other and take care of our community as best we can. Yeah. And that's why I still go to this church. I probably wouldn't go to any other church unless it was this focused. We're single-minded. Granted, drives me fucking crazy because you work with anybody that you love enough, they'll drive you fucking crazy because, yeah, of course. you know, you've got feelings and egos and relationships in the mix. But all that to say is like, I, I want a faith like that. And that's the kind mm. of faith that like I have for myself is like, I'm si- like, I am single-minded in my purpose that like, I want to help pe- queer people stay alive. I want to help people heal from trauma. And I want to introduce people to a spirituality that allows, and by spirituality, I mean like a spiritual practice mm. that will help you remember that you are loved. Mm. That's my only goal. And it, to me, that's very simple. Yeah. Or it can be very simple. I think like all the bullshit you have to divest from is not simple at all. Yeah, it's a but lot to let you, go of. But once you do... Oh, it's fun. It's like once, like once, like you can be like. I mean, like for me, like it's continuously like letting go of the lie that I am that people always leave and that I'm not good enough. Mm. I like as soon as I can remember that that's not true, and I and I can return to the fact that like ah, actually you are beloved. You have a great community around you, and you're doing good work. Like the distance between heaven and hell is one thought. Yeah. It's so true, isn't it? I mean, it's it's huge. I'm I'm reading through um like this workbook manual for like anxiety and stress. My anxiety and stress, like day to day, regular COVID, and I've like got the easiest life. My life is good. My life no, is I know what you're talking very about, relaxed. Though. But there's been something, some sort of malaise going on. I don't know. You just you know the feeling that you're wading through treacle in life. You know, you get up in the morning and you're like, I have an easy day today, but I can't get out of bed. Anyway, so I'm working mm-hmm. through this program, and and in it, it's really fascinating. It's this neuropsychologist, um, and he's he's basically saying like, our emotions aren't actually a thing. We create an emotion every moment, right? Yes. So I, I, you can't. And he's like, we have this concept of like bottling up your emotion, bottling up trauma and things like that. And mm-hmm. he's like. That's kind of true, but it's actually not at all true. Every time we are experiencing trauma, we are creating that in our thought right now. And it's based on a history of different thoughts, the way we store things, even our memories. We only remember about 15% of events and we actually create our memories on the spot right now. If I asked you to think about when you were a kid and this happened, you'd have to create that memory. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd be about 15% accurate, apparently, which is crazy, <laughs> right? Um, but his whole thing is like, because of that we have this amazing capacity if we're creating these things with our thoughts constantly mm-hmm. uh, these emotions we're processing these traumas constantly rebuilt re-bringing up the past thinking about it a certain way that traumatizes oneself we can and it's not easy like you know in one sense it's very easy right just think a different thought but like good luck doing that after you thought for like yes years a certain way right you're talking neuropathways mm-hmm. like 
burns like 18 lane highways you know Mm -hmm. Um, and that is exactly it like uh i'm also studying to be a hypnotherapist right now so like nice so this like all i'm like yep uh uh our subconscious when it when we have given an idea to work with like that it's almost as i think of it almost like an altar if you will Mm. you know we set up an altar to a certain god and so and as if as long as that altar is there the harder it is to tear it down and the more resistant to dismantling it we are yeah because it is safety for us and the brain is wired to move us away away from pain and into pleasure what is pleasurable Mm -hmm. what i know what is familiar um, even, you know, if it's like something that is abusive, I was like, it's like when you live through abuse and you don't know you're being abused, it's just like, no, this is, this is as good as it gets. This is normal. And then to move into something else that could also hurt you, but also could possibly be better. It's yeah. a, your brain tells you you're going to fucking die if you move there. Right. If you do that, if you tear down that thing. Yeah. At least I know this is on some level safe. Yes. I'm, I'm living. I've got a pulse still. Right? Yeah. And so the work, I think the spiritual work that we do is, is exactly that is like mm-hmm. the work of changing your mind is hard is, will be, will be experienced as difficult in the beginning because you've spent X amount of years believing, practicing and telling yourself one thing mm-hmm. and you have to actively tell yourself and practice another. It yeah. will feel counterintuitive at first maybe not counterintuitive, but it won't feel natural at first, right. but eventually we ju- it's a matter of making the unfamiliar familiar. Yeah. What is unfamiliar is being treated for me. What is unfamiliar in relationship is being treated with kindness and reciprocity. Mm. And so over the past couple of years, I have had to watch myself for that. Like, is this relationship reciprocal? Am I pouring too much into this or am I doing a codependent thing again? You know, or even in like a relationship where it's just like, oh, well, he cooked me eggs the next day. He must be the one. And it's just like, Kevin, do you think at minimum, like maybe if someone's making breakfast and you stayed over, uh, that maybe they should also make, provide, like offer you some food? Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah, I guess. Or it's like, oh, you know, he, <laughs> it's, it's like, we confuse, I confuse baseline niceness and decency for like deep, deep love and romance. <laughs> Yeah, and so it's um, it's I think like my practices these days is like, how do I see exactly what is in front of me, and how do I like recognize that like when a thought comes up, it's not it's a thought, yeah, and like and that I don't like I don't need to like it's we have like we get we were taught to feel ashamed of thoughts, especially in evangelicalism. You mm-hmm. can't even think Big the time. wrong. You can't think the wrong thing. And when you spend your whole life trying to think the right thing, and then all of a sudden you can say, you can think whatever you want. It's like you're on a bike without training wheels for the first time and you're falling everywhere and scraping your knee and you don't even want to get on the fucking bike again because it fucking hurts. I don't want to go anywhere. Yeah. You gotta get yeah. on the bike. <laughs> it's, it's hard though, right? I mean, you, you, you talk about these like highways of like 19 lanes and then there's a little dirt path and you're like, I'm good. This is a great route. <laughs> it's like, this works. And it's not working, right? We know where it ends. It ends up in like pain and hurt and whatever, the same crap every time. Mm-hmm. But that, that dirt road does not look good for my suspension, for my whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's interesting to me that, you know, 
a little bit of a throwback to what you were mentioning earlier about, mm. um, you know, church being this place that can be really good for us. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it does bring some good things. Like, I think it's, it's hard for us not to be these like really black and white dualistic fundamental people, right? Where it oh, is, there's good places and bad places and there's evil and there's good and there's right and there's wrong and there's this and there's that. Um, and yet, you know, there was a time in my life where going to church that I can look back on it now and go, God, there's some toxic stuff in there. That really fucked me up. Right. Oh, yeah, but at sure. the same time, I can also acknowledge, well, if I look a little bit further back to where I was, Mm-hmm. There's actually some really helpful stuff that it helped me grow in. Yes. Um, can, can you, um, what, what is it in your experience as you've grown through um, church that you kind of cling to that you go, gosh, that's mm. the stuff. That's the, you know, I guess we could tie it into some, maybe some of your book, you know, mm-hmm. your, your book was um, Bad Theology Kills, right? Have I got that mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry. It's like audiobook. I'm not even like pick it up, look at it. So like my okay. brain uh, thinks. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there that kills in the church. Yeah. And yet there's a lot of stuff that brings life. Um, how, how have you in your process kind of navigated that? How have you navigated, okay, here's stuff that is just the worst. Mm. And mm. actually, here's stuff I don't want to chuck out, you know? And, and I think at times we do chuck it out and then we have to go sift through the trash to find it, yeah. right? <laughs> Whatever that looks like. Mm. But can you talk about some of your navigation off the, the mm-hmm. picking up stuff out of the faith, getting rid of stuff out of the faith, how you've kind of gone about that process of doing Yeah. Uh, I think it starts with like, just knowing at the end of the day, like it really like beliefs do not technic beliefs don't really matter at the end of the day. Like, uh, like I, whether or not like, cause like if I say that I believe in Jesus, but then I vote for Donald Trump, what does that mean? Right. Also, I'm not voting for Donald Trump, for the record. I'm a Biden Kamala stan, don't worry. That's crazy, I wouldn't have guessed that. I know, right? <laughs> uh, but I, I think it's like uh, something I, I've been saying for a while is like, I think a theology, now, I think, I think a theology is only as good as it is helpful. Mm. So I also think like, I wanna know like, what do you mean when you say X? So, I think the thing that I've held on to is the person of Jesus that is presented in the gospels, uh, who is very human and delightful. And uh, even though like the gospels were written way after Jesus allegedly ascended into heaven, (laughs) um, you know, a lot of like these things were written like way like, again how much memory of that was correct 15 percent right that's the scary part right when we start putting that into perspective yeah and so but then i also think about like the idea of like how every single tradition every single uh you know i i think jesus is absolutely real otherwise he wouldn't have inspired like all these different versions of christianity to start popping up all over the near east weird shit uh and so i i kind of cling to this idea that like there is more than one way to be a Christian if I want to be a Christian, if I want to use that term. Because like, again, early Christians didn't even call themselves that. So it's, uh, I, I kind of give myself permission at first in spiritual authority to say like, Jesus is not tied down to the church and Jesus does not belong to the church. They might say, we belong to you, Jesus, but Jesus does not belong to them. Mm. You know? 
So yeah. if you don't want to be a part, and the, the thing about it is, it's like, I realize personally on a cosmic level that the whole of humanity is the body of Christ. So therefore is the church. So like, I'm not worried about being excluded from the church because like I am the church. You can't be, yeah. I physically fucking can't be. Like, you can't sit with us. Okay, I'll go sit with them. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, that's the thing. It's just, it's, it, you gotta like the thing that starts off with like, my favorite first, I, I am persuaded that neither hot nor death, angels nor demons, powers nor principalities, nor nothing in all of creation can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Mm. That's a good one. Another yeah. good one. Uh, for in Christ Jesus, there is neither male nor female, Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free. These are all these like weird verses that sometimes we bring up, but we don't ever really unpack them as much. Mm. When that verse says nothing, what does it mean? When, when the apostle... When the Apostle Paul says there's not male nor female, he abolished gender. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just trying to read the Bible, okay? I'm just trying. And also, like, we have to understand, too, is, like, those are the things that have held on to that have really resonated. And then I think, like, are kind of beautifully timeless spiritual truths that that's how I think we know like what's right. We know what love feels like. And if God is love, then a verse that says women be subject unto your husbands as unto the Lord. We also know that the person who wrote that might not have been the actual apostle Paul, but someone writing in the style of Paul. Sure. And so for me, I'm allowed to say what is authoritative in my life. Yeah. Sorry, everybody who wants. Even if it was Paul, right? I mean, like, sure. Paul could be a, like yeah, because sure. guess what? Uh, I, I don't. I'm not a. I'm not a Paulian person. I am a Christian, if you will. Mm. And I followed Jesus, and I have had like, and also just like I, I've. I'll say that I experience Jesus on a daily basis. Like I'll say, Jesus is my teacher, and when I meditate on the Christ, when I ask Jesus what to do or Spirit what to do, God, because like apparently Jesus and the Father are one, whatever that means, like. It's like, I believe in Jesus more than most Christians do. That's the thing. That's crazy to me. Mm. How is it? How, how did that happen? Right. That, that a witch believes more in Jesus than other people do. <laughs> but that's, that's uh, some things I hold on to is like that for me is, I think the Bible is still wildly helpful. I think yeah. now that I, I realize that it's not a weapon and never was intended to be that, I find all of these beauty, like there's so much good. There's also like a manual of like how not to be a dick in there. Mm -hmm. like look at david's life somebody who had so much promise but then like you know power corrupted him that's yeah. a that's a story we need to read and recognize not yeah, absolutely. oh he was so powerful i'm like no nah, like power corrupted him he raped a woman and then sent his, her husband off to war to die yeah you know he was in love with his best friend but like they couldn't be together because you can't be gay you know he was not supposed to become a war profiteer but then he set up an entire kingdom so his son would be mm-hmm like yeah i mean like we got to read stories like that to say like ah even the most righteous among us are the ones who like are human we cannot continue to make gods of each other yeah and that's what that's what modern and i think western christianity especially pentecostal non-denom mega church culture they create mm -hmm. gods out of people yeah well we have this black and white thinking don't we so we think oh david Man after God's heart. Okay, so everything he did was good. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's slow down a bit. Let's look a bit closer at the story. Everything, you know? Um, but, but 
I've met people that are like, well, that was just the way it should be. Like, you know, whatever. I mean, like, I mean, he was a man mm-hmm. after God's heart. I'm like, oh, 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 I don't understand what's happening here. But, um, you know, but it's possible for our heroes to be a little bit messed up, right? Mm-hmm. I hope so, because on some level, I hope I'm a good person. And I know I'm definitely a little bit messed up somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's And that's where, like, the lovely idea of, like, I think the like the idea of confession is actually really mm. good because like I am able the co- confession is less about like what I did wrong and the ways that I need redemption and the ways that God offers me redemption like mm. and by redemption I mean like just freedom from my own bullshit yeah it's like it's it's, it's the I think like the message of Christ the gospel is you have heard it said but I tell you You've heard it said that gay people can't be in the kingdom, but I tell you, God loves all these faggots out here. You know? <laughs> I Listen, straight people, you can't say that word. Only I can. Oh, I mean, not only I can, but other people from the community can say it. <laughs> Call it just me. Just me. Yeah. One yeah. person. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Wow, Kevin, you really gave yourself carte blanche, didn't you? Yeah, but, that, it. but like you've heard it said that like, you know, women can't be pastors, but I tell you that the, the church was founded by a woman, Mary Magdalene. I've got a whole, and that's another thing. My faith has evolved to a point where like, based on actual research and new documentation, understanding what were the texts and stories that were a part of early Christianity that didn't make it into the Catholic canon. Yeah. And the gospel of Mary Magdalene, of Timothy, of Philip, the, the the poem called thunder sacred uh thunder perfect mind uh the the uh there's whole loads of poetry mm. uh, the acts of paul and thecla did you know that paul had a disciple named thecla who was supposed to be executed but basically the whole crowd fell in love with her because she baptized herself and she got the lines to not eat her because she was Crazy. blessed there's Crazy. all these incredible stories that like we don't even touch because we Gnostic gospel. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to mention all the stories that we've lost, right? Because they were all destroyed. They, all those stories, even like, you know, they just even end up referencing another one. And you're like, oh, where's that one? Oh, we don't have it. Crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right? I got yeah. torched on a bonfire somewhere at some point early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's, it's also to see, let's take it the full step, is to see my own life as just as sacred, as important mm-hmm. as anything I would read in a holy text. And that comes from womanist theologies and theologians who say like, you know, it's like we have to read ourselves into the text because if a black woman looks at the United States constitution, she's not included. No. And also neither am I, cause I don't own any land. Uh, but, but like I read myself into that to say, oh yeah, they don't act like, it's like, this is the power of poetry and the Holy ghost mm-hmm. is that even though Benjamin Franklin, I know it's Franklin, but I say Franklin cause it's funny even though he owned slaves and like raped a bunch of his, uh, his enslaved uh, women and was horrible, somehow the words he chose transcended his own bullshit, you know, mm-hmm. that all men were created equal. And so we read ourselves into that, say, the, the spirit of this word says that all humans yeah. are created equal, that I am included as a non-binary person in that constitution or in that declaration of independence. Uh, and so it's the same thing with scripture. Like if I look at scripture, non-binary people are technically nowhere in there. However, you look at Isaiah and he says, do not let the eunuch say that I am just a dry tree, but I will give him a name that is better than daughter or son. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And, and like to tell me like there's a name that's better than daughter or son. Yeah. And that's, that's a huge implication. That's mine. Yeah. That's a huge implication. Yeah. It, it amazed me. Um, I did a, a module on homosexuality. So I have like a kind of like side project, which is like kind of helping mm-hmm. Christians explore different theologies. And one of them I did on homosexuality. And I was like, right, here's different views. There mm-hmm. are different views. And here's how all the different views engage with these texts and, and how they engage historically and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I basically was like, I'm unbiased as best I can in sharing that. Here's my opinion, but that's it. Make your own mind up. Think about it. Pray about it. Engage with mm-hmm. it. Whatever. Um, and not all my following are Christian, and that's not relevant to many people. But um, mm-hmm. one of the things I came across in my studies was the the Jewish um, engagement with the concept of eunuchs was fascinating. It, mm-hmm. And it's very advanced. When you start thinking about the fact that sexuality wasn't really on the table as a conversation until 150, maybe 200 years ago, like the fact that they're already going, right, so there's eunuchs and there's people that like, okay, are like um, physically uh, deformed her, yeah. you know, like these are their, their way of seeing it, or maybe they're in an accident, but there's also people that like, there's nothing physically that we can see going on, but there's something mm-hmm. mentally that's not there. How do we engage with, and they're, they're exploring this thing. Well, gosh, God clearly must love these people because God created everyone. And like, and you're like, wow, there is something I can profoundly learn from this person who in a really fucked up society right we're talking bronze age here basically just the mm-hmm. tail end of the bronze age and they're trying to include and i'm like whoa there's some stuff christians could learn from this mm. three thousand years later right yeah um, and i think that it's it's such a beautiful way to approach scripture not as a a final resting point but as an ongoing conversation that we can go well yeah mm-hmm. that's really messed up and yeah they thought women were property but everyone thought women was property. So that's a neutral default mm-hmm. in the same way that we probably will have some really fucked up stuff when people evaluate this podcast I cannot, thousand years from now, right? I mean, I can't wait for my children to roast me for eating meat and all, because all my children, oh, if I ever God. have a children, they're all going to be vegan. I know, they're I know. all going to be vegan and like, no, and like they'll probably still eat beyond meat every now and again, but by and large, so it's like, we don't do that. Yeah. Can you believe that Phil, Grandpa Phil, like used to eat burgers and meat, even though he was like, Oof. ah, I'm probably going to be a vegan at some point. He still just powered through and killed animals, right? And of course, there's going to be these kind of things, right, that we're talking about. We, we can kind of see the writing in the world and yeah. who knows things we can't see, right? I mean, that's yeah. more scary. But like this engagement is choosing to go, this is an ancient text. Of course, it's going to have some fucked up stuff in it. But mm-hmm. what is there for me? right yeah that, and that's or the, thing the rings the you know never no. mind the bible sorry no but that's that's really it is like we have to understand like uh again like we're talking about god in a form of a metaphor mm. we're always talking like we're always like it's the finger point like people say it's the finger pointing at the moon it's just like do you know that story the finger pointing at the yeah moon? yeah it's beautiful you tell it anyway just yeah yeah so it's like there's uh, there was this uh, wise man. He had a bunch of disciples, and all of his lessons were just pointing at the moon. And then he was getting really, really sick, and uh, and his disciples were very, very sad. And he's like, "What are y'all sad about?" And he's just like, "Well, you when when you're gone, you're not going to be here." And he's like, and he points at the moon. It's just like, "No, no, no! I've been trying to tell you the whole time. It's not about me. It's about look here. Here we are. Here this is. Here I am. There I am." And. Uh, so there's, there's two things. It's just like a lot of times people are missing the point because they get caught up in the form. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also it's like to say that like sometimes form is super helpful. Yeah. Uh, there's a Buddhist story of uh, 
the Buddha was walking along uh, this path and he ran into a holy man who had been studying how like, you know, non-attachment and all his shit for like 200 years and had learned how to walk on water. Wow. And that was something that they said that the Buddha could also do. And uh, the wise man met the Buddha on the road and was showing him like, this is what I, wow, look at me, this is what I can do. And the Buddha said to him, your feet are worth a little more than the two cents it would cost for you to pay the boatman to get you across the river. That's funny. It's, it's like you spent 200 years, because what, again, what's the end goal? If across the lake or wherever I'm trying to get is peace, harmony, paradise, God, love, I don't, need to spend, <laughs> I don't need to spend 200 years figuring out how to cross this body of water if there's a perfectly good boat ready to go. Just because it looks like the Christian boat that I got out of before doesn't mean it is mm-hmm. the Christian boat. And that's where we have to start doing the work. This yeah. is what I get passionate about. Is like, I don't care what your boat is, but you don't have to spend 200 years learning how to love yourself again. It's yeah. really, there's a, there are simpler solutions. Yeah. And that's why I think my work around helping people craft new spirituality is, I love it. And I also think that it's like, that's the next wave of whatever spirit is doing is we're learning how, we're, honestly, we're learning how to build the boat and get to the other side. And we're yeah. learning how to teach people, other people how to build their own boats. Yeah. You know, taking yeah. whatever they need to from wherever they crash landed in the first place. It's beautiful. It's really beautiful. I, I shared on uh, my Instagram the other day, like this whole thing, the church is so fixated and has been so fixated for centuries, decades, whoever it's constantly going, God, send another revival, send revival, send revival. And, and I think it's one of the great ironies that I think this is the revival, <laughs> right? And, and I think God's finally like, okay, so there's a whole bunch of people that just aren't going to do it through this, this box right you, it's just not going to work they're not going to come into this box and then find me and, and and move towards something bigger than themselves and and truly learn to love themselves so what if we just go ah fuck the box if that works for some people you, you you live in the box cool do your thing but actually what if we just explore this beyond and i think what you're doing is extraordinary work it really is extraordinary what you're doing in helping develop a community helping people feel seen and loved and able to be themselves fully and and not feel that they're constantly having to put on some kind of front to receive love and acceptance that's a that's in my mind that is the most important work that one can put themselves to whatever that looks like maybe maybe i'm uh, very uh, biased in my perspective or whatever but i genuinely think it's one of the most important things what you're doing um i really really uh, appreciate it i really appreciate it i know i want to be sensitive to your time i pray uh, max got about 10 minutes or so so and um, how can people connect with you get involved with what you're doing support what you're doing you know uh, i know you've got a book i love your instagram um what 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 have you got going on that people can engage with and and how can they kind of connect with you through that um first before i tell you that thank you for all those kind words i received them means a lot um especially because i've been feeling so shitty so like hearing kind words is like ah okay i'm you are doing like kevin you're not a total fuck up like you're fine (laughs) (laughs) yeah we all need this we all need this for sure thank you uh how do how do we uh yeah a i wrote a book it's called bad theology kills 
You can get that at badtheologykills.com. Um, two, I, uh, you can find all, you really, you can find all of my stuff at thekevingarcia.com. Uh, and there you can find information about my, uh, my coaching program. Uh, it's called spiritual reformation rather than spiritual formation or reformation, nice. but literally like working on reforming a spiritual practice. Um, I've already got uh, like about nine people involved with it. And uh, it's a, it's a rolling enrollment. We're going to have around 15 people in the group at a time. So okay. like, anyways, reach out if you're interested. I also do one-to-one -one coaching. If you want to book a tarot card reading or in spiritual direction meeting, all that's on my website. Uh, Instagram at the Kevin Garcia, Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, find, you know, search Kevin Garcia on the YouTube. That's my favorite place right now. Not really like not my favorite. The comments there are actually terrible. People are terribly. God, YouTube comments are disgusting, right? Horrifying. I can't read the comments half the time because I'm, I'm it's like, is this thing going to ensnare me into like me? Uh -huh. like, and also, like, I don't feel nice when I'm clapping back against people who are literally not as smart as me. And I know that sounds petty. <laughs> let, me, let me say not smart. When people are less educated on a topic than mm -hmm. me. That's yeah. just mean. Like, me coming in there, like, with, like, this boatload of knowledge and I can just, yeah. like, blow them away with a theological bazooka. Yeah. That's not nice. It's picking a wanna... fight with a child that just called you a big poo-poo head or something, you know? And you're like, this is not, like... I don't need to have a fight with you. And it's, lit it's literally like, it's arguing with children who are just so convinced that they're right. And it's just uh, like, are you happy? Are you happy now that you've gotten it right, Brenda? Okay, cool, I'm gonna go. Boop, 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 boop. Exactly, you're not happy because it depends on what I actually do and whether you can win over my soul. And that's yeah. half the problem is that you think there's something to be won. Yeah. Sorry. Dude, <laughs> I, I hear you. I, I hear you. Facebook and YouTube are my least favorite places on the planet. Honestly. It's, it's the worst. <laughs> um, but yeah, find me on the internet. Uh, say hello. Um, uh, if you ever want to drop a DM to me, I won't promise to respond, but I will try to because I, I think it's nice to hear from people. Uh, I don't know when this is coming out, but uh, in November, me and Dr. Robin Henderson Espinosa are hosting a, a big old queer conference. Mm, so that. be on the lookout. We've been, we'll have, we'll have tickets on sale by next week, probably. So like, right. it's still is that, exciting. Is that going to be an online conference then? It's not going to be, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, That's an online, uh, online thing. Nice. Hopefully future, I'd love to have an in-person thing. That's what sure. I really, yeah. That's what but I hope. Less covid -y, you know, so. You know, yeah. Gotta work with what you got. Yeah, we're gonna do pray for the vaccine and elect Joe Biden, and then maybe by twenty late twenty twenty one, maybe early twenty twenty two. Perfect. We'll that sounds great. Awesome. I'll make sure that those are in the notes for YouTube podcasts, all that kind of stuff, and I'll I'll let you know when it goes live. But honestly, hey. Kevin, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, yeah, I had a lovely time a with lot. you. You're a ni you're a nice human. Like thank you. Really I you're actually really fun to talk to. This was like very engaging and life-giving for me. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. So I, I try my best. So uh, especially when I'm like succeeding. burning up with a fever as well. So you poor boy. Yeah. Listen, go make yourself Lovely. a hot toddy and take a nap. I see this sheen on my forehead. <laughs> Just like the slight glistening sweat. It's, it's a good look, right? Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm going for. The kind oh. of shiny look. <laughs> that's what, like, listen, that's what I hear they're into these days. I don't know who they are, oh, but they're into Right, it. okay. Yeah, well, I, I was like, maybe I should have powdered myself or something. <laughs>
you know, like honestly, like sometimes at minimum I put on like eyebrows because like otherwise they're like this, they're, they don't exist from here over. Oh, right. Okay. I have the opposite problem. Mine exists like mostly across most of my forehead. <laughs> uh, oh. What a, what a blessing. <laughs> so, uh, it's a lot of tweezing, work. a lot of tweezing. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I have one of my friends who like, he gets his eyebrows threaded and they look gorgeous. Uh, yeah. Well, my wife does the threading, but mm. it doesn't look well actually it's painful anyway you cut it right <laughs> so, yeah whatever mm, listen being hairy people it's a hard time i get you absolutely you and also it. like being over 30 like it's like it's starting to creep back ever so slightly up here which is not what i'm pleased mm-hmm. with and it's starting to come out of my fucking ears <sighs> dude i not joking right before this podcast i i looked in the mirror and like i swear i like trimmed my nose like two days ago and i had like a hair like this long sticking out just a massive long white hair sticking out my nose and i'm like how have i turned into an old man that's also what i want to know like why am i getting gray pubes like is that where i'm at now it's it's like this i feel like we're going downhill when i'm only in the mid-30s like what's happening to me right yeah it's like like, i I turned 29 (laughs) and my body was like bye okay that's so funny. I, I actually, I hope I go gray. I, this, this, I keep saying this to my wife. I, if I go gray before I go bald, I will be so happy. Like I, 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 I think gray could be, it's a good look. It's refined. At least kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, the, um, mm-hmm. the mix, you know, the, but yeah. Anyway, dude, thank you so much. I really Thank you for having it. me. It I like you. So, so wonderful. Um, yeah. We'll stay in touch and I'll definitely let you know when, when, when it's all coming out and hopefully awesome. point more and more people to you and, and the amazing work you're doing. Um, because yeah, it's really, really important. So Thanks, thank you. Friend. All right. Love you, my friends. Have a good one. Yeah? Love you too. I'll see you later. Peace. Bye. All right. So that was Kevin Garcia and you can find out more about Kevin and follow what they're doing on bad theologykills.com or the kevingarcia.com um and don't forget to check out um you know the spiritual reformation coaching stuff that um they mentioned and also give kevin a follow on instagram and twitter and all that good stuff they are the kevin garcia all right that's all i've got for you for this week though next week we have kathy escobar who's a author and fascinating woman who has been deconstructing for many years and helping others deconstruct for many years um her book faith shift has been really helpful for a lot of people and then later in the week we have neil and jesse drysdale yes that's right drysdale my brother and sister-in-law and that is going to be a fun conversation and so hope you're looking forward to those um episodes uh but for now that's all i've got if you want to dive in deeper into some uh theological and um human psychological development different things like that you can check out my videos over on thegracecourse.com everything over there is free Um, a lot of the videos are over on youtube as well if that's more your thing Um, if you are deconstructing and you feel lonely in that journey the deconstructionnetwork.com is a great opportunity for you to try and find others in your local area and connect with them Um, it's a great way for people that are deconstructing and have lost community to find some community again and so do check out the deconstructionnetwork.com and finally if you'd like to partner with what i'm doing everything i do is free and i do it full time and so obviously i only live off donations of people partnering becoming patreons and so you can find me over on patreon or you can connect with me over on phildrysdale.com partner 
Um, and as a thank you, uh, you get access to a private discussion group that we have where people can chat about all sorts of different components of their journeys and their faith um, and, and just all sorts of general stuff. We check in with each other day in, day out and just chat and process. And we also do a monthly Zoom chat as well. And so if you'd like to find out more about that, phildrysdale.com slash partner is where you want to go. All right. That's all for me. I'll stop blabbing. I'll see you next week. Cheers, guys.